Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We're rolling along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, the great Howie Long, live in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Going to give you four players you absolutely need to watch in this year's preseason in just a moment. But first, I'm going to give you an indication of just how stupid we are in this country. We just ran through this uh, collection of this poll that people in Britain did for no reason whatsoever, except they had additional time and money on their hands, in which they polled Americans and Britons and asked the question, how many of these wild animals could you win a fight with in the event that you had no weapons? And, of course, the Americans, in each case, thought they could win the fight much more than the Britons did because we're just a a stupid collection of people. And then I want you to know that we went to a break, and I went out to use the bathroom. And when I come back, Hembo and Brandon are in a detailed argument (laughs) over whether or not they could beat up a kangaroo in which Brandon used the phrase stick and move. He said, and I quote, against the kangaroo, you got to stick and move. And here's the only advice I have for you. And Brandon, you know, I love you, Brandon. The pride of Perth Amboy has been with us since the day we started Get Up. He's one of my favorite people in the world. But I'm telling you right now, if at any time in your life you find yourself saying, if you're in a fight with a kangaroo, you need to stick and move, you've made some bad choices. Like you've just made some questionable decisions and they need to be rethought. Hembo then pulls up a video of two kangaroos fighting and these kangar- this kangaroo would kick you into oblivion so fast and then stuff you in his pouch <laughs> Like you wouldn't even know what happened. Did they all have pouches That's or right. just the females? Just the females have pouches, but the power with which they kick, oh. all it would take would be one kick. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. I mean, they got power like you wouldn't believe. Like, like who's the kicker they call the, the leg in the NFL? Who's the guy with the Legatron? good one? Legatron. Greg yeah. Zerline. Yeah, Greg Zerline. It has nothing on these kangaroos. <laughs> they laugh at him. Who's got the soccer player with the best leg? Messi, whoever it is. They, believe me, the kangaroos are not envious. They would kick you into oblivion, and that would be the end of you. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. I walk in and Brandon is like, no, no, no. you got to stick and move if you're fighting a kangaroo. Because they don't have dexterity in their arms. <laughs> what, the hell? what the hell are you talking so you about? You have destroyed this poll. We have spent half of our show now dissecting it. Correct. So let's move off of it immediately and go to something else. There are four players that I think you need to watch in the preseason because I think the things that happen with them are important. And I'm going to tell you why in each case. The first of them is Mitch Trubisky. Remember him? He had some interesting quotes in which he talked about how happy he is to be in Buffalo, how good he feels to be in a place where he feels wanted, which, of course, is sort of a subtle shot at the people at the Bears, but whatever. And he's talking about the culture and, and, and Josh Allen is raving about what a good teammate he is in the room and all those things, all the things you would expect Mitch Trubisky to say. But what kind of stood out in the story that Nuno sent me that I read about this was that they point out the highest drafted player in their training camp is Mitch Trubisky. It's not Josh Allen. It's not the quarterback they just gave, what was it, $260 million to or whatever, and rightfully so. He's obviously a star. But his backup is 26 years old, and he was the second pick in the draft really recently. Now, he's not going to play during the season. Unless Josh Allen gets hurt, he's not going to play. So the answer to the question, will Mitch Trubisky ever be anyone's starting quarterback again, I think comes in the preseason. 
How does he look? Because that's an offense I think is suited to him. If he had been drafted by the Bills and they had utilized him the way they've utilized Josh Allen, I don't know that he'd be this good, but he'd be a heck of a lot better off than he is now. Because what the Bills did was they took a guy with a particular skill set and they said, we're going to play to that strength. And then they brought him along and brought him along and slowly but surely, a little less legs, a little more arm, a little less legs, a little more arm. Now he's ready for the next step. Go out and get the superstar receiver, Stefan Diggs. Boom. MVP candidate, Super Bowl contender for a decade. That's called organizational success. Bears, we drafted a guy with this skill set. Coach doesn't like it. Throw a little more, throw a little more, throw a little more, throw a little more, give it up, go get me Nick Foles. That's what Chicago did with Mitch Trubisky. That's what I meant when I said more young quarterbacks are are ruined than developed in the NFL. But Tim Hasselbeck made the point on Get Up this morning that his brother, Matt, had thrown 29 career passes in NFL regular season games when the Seahawks traded for him. He was the backup to Brett Favre when the Seahawks traded for him and made him their starter. And he went on to have obviously a terrific career and, and made a Super Bowl and all the rest of that because of what they saw in the preseason. Because Brett didn't play in the preseason. That was the thing with him. And so maybe someone sees something in Mitch Trubisky and gives him a shot. But that is, I think, an interesting question. Nuno, what is the answer to this question? Will Mitchell Trubisky ever again be a team's starting quarterback? Yes, he will. Okay. See, I I think there's a chance of that too. And I'm surprised you said it because I would have thought I'd be kind of alone in that. I didn't want to phrase the question, will he ever start a game again? Because, of course, you know, Josh Allen could have a sprained ankle. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, will there be a team that gives at least gives him a legitimate chance to go into training camp to become the starting quarterback for their team? Do you agree with him? Yes, I think Nuno is right. In 2018, Mitchell Trubisky was the third-ranked quarterback in the NFL by our QBR metric behind Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. So he's demonstrated that he has the ceiling to be a really good quarterback so long as the coach is willing to give him a shot. I don't see any obvious reason why someone else won't do that for him next year. So much of it was about his athleticism, his ability to run, and all all the stuff that the, the coaching staff, that Matt Nagy and his offense didn't want to do. And so he was a square peg in a round, whatever, whatever peg and hole don't go together. He was that. And that was a problem. So that's one player that I'm going to be watching. The next one is a super obvious one, and that's Jordan Love. Jordan Love is going to get all of the play in preseason, or at least he's going to get a lot of it. He won't get all of it because they won't take a chance on getting him hurt because he's going to be the backup this year. But bear in mind, Jordan Love did not take a single snap as a Packer last year. I don't know that he ever had his hand anywhere near the buttocks of the center. I mean, I mean that literally because there was no preseason And he wasn't the number two quarterback. So he didn't get any play in the preseason, and he didn't get any reps in practice. Probably not literally none, but damn close. So I think with Jordan Love having gotten all of the mandatory minicamp and the voluntary minicamp and all the stuff that Aaron Rodgers uncharacteristically sat out, Love goes into this preseason with with a, a real chance to succeed. He's going to start their first preseason game, and I think it's going to be really informative to see how he looks and of course it doesn't mean that if he looks bad in these preseason games that he's a bust or he's terrible that's totally unfair but what if he looks great what if he looks great does that have some impact on what the ultimate future looks like for Aaron because Tannenbaum told the story on get up this morning when he Mike traded for Brett Favre from the Packers the Packers were more than happy to get what they could for him and move on because they were very comfortable with what they had sitting there it's Aaron Rodgers, 16 years ago. 
uh, he got drafted 16 years ago, whatever that is, 11 years ago, however many years it was that the Jets got far. The point is, how will the Packers feel about Jordan Love when the time comes for them to do this? We'll start getting our first real sense of that in the preseason. Greeny on ESPN Radio, it is the summer of Dash Pass and members are getting $10 off groceries, alcohol and pet food because summer. Try Dash Pass for free and get year-round savings, exclusive menu items and zero delivery fees now. And the DoorDash app terms and conditions apply. The next player that I'm watching is Jimmy G. Jimmy G is holding off Trey Lance for dear life. Jimmy G, I think, needs the opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. And the coach keeps talking like he's going to be. But everything I'm hearing coming out of there is that Trey Lance is making is setting the world on fire. Like that he just looks spectacular. And where will Jimmy Garoppolo be if he doesn't get to play for the 49ers this year? If he is just the backup all year, which I'm having people tell me they think is a real chance. Is there a team out there that's going to bring him in and say, he's my starter next year? He's won a lot of games, but boy, people love to just tear apart everything he's accomplished. People love to give him no credit whatsoever for all the winning that he's done. I think he needs to get on the field. As crazy as it sounds, he needs to win that job. He needs to make sure he's their starter when the season starts. I'm not suggesting that his preseason performance would make other teams want to sign him. I'm saying he needs to start real games. He's not keeping that job all year, almost no matter what. He needs to start some games. So I think it actually is important for him to continue to be the best option for that team winning games. And by the way, our crew just flashed him up on the screen there on our ESPN Plus simulcast of our radio show here. I am consistently distracted by his handsomeness. (laughs) I have the same thought. (laughs) You can't see a picture of him and not be distracted. He's so ridiculously handsome. I want to see that graphic again. That is an absolutely magnificent headshot. He looks like a Disney prince. Like, he looks like a cartoon. He does not look like an actual human being. He looks like he should be singing, I should show you the world, shining, shivering, splendid, on a a magic carpet. Shimmering. Shimmering? Yes, shining, shivering. shivering. Well, whatever it is. I'm pretty close. I can show you the world, shining, shivering, splendid. Shimmering, splendid. It's shivering. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, but when did you last let your heart decide? I really hope my wife's not watching this. Your wife loves Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. How do you not? Everyone's wife loves Jimmy Garoppolo. He's insanely handsome. He's impossibly handsome. And an NFL quarterback. He's got everything. And he's got all the money in the world, too. Don't you hate that guy? I mean, it's just, it's like, imagine life if you were that. Imagine life if you looked like that and everyone knew you had a $120 million contract. <laughs> Just imagine what life would be. Uh, in the meantime, I got one more player whose performance I think you need to watch as this preseason goes on. I'll tell you who that is. And then the green light today will include the biggest trade since Babe Ruth. That and more on the way next. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. The great Howie Long in about 12 or 13 minutes. We'll be live on the Goodyear hotline with all of our guests. And we have news uh, here, and it's bad news. And that is, uh, Shefty just tweeted that Ravens coach John Harbaugh said first-round pick Rashad, Baseman's, uh, Rashad Bateman is going to miss a number of weeks with a groin injury that he suffered at practice the other day. The Baltimore Ravens have had a quietly disastrous training camp. Disastrous. This is a team thinking Super Bowl thoughts and how important the things that happened in the beginning of August are to that, I, I guess, remains to be seen. And by no means am I suggesting they're done or anything like that, but the storyline of their training camp has been, are they going to diversify the offense? How are they going to do it? They have all these new weapons. Well, all the receivers have been hurt. The quarterback has been gone because he's got COVID. The big topic of conversation is whether or not he's going to get vaccinated. And now the guy that they are planning on making a centerpiece of their offense, Rashad Baseman, who has superstar written all over him as a first-round pick. He is, I think, the reason they chose not to go after Julio Jones. He's going to miss, quote, a number of weeks. And while that, by definition, doesn't have a number attached to it, it it sounds really bad. It seems like the first time Lamar Jackson or Rashad Bateman really get a chance to play together, it's going to be in a game we're watching. And that can't be good for a rookie. So they've had a sneaky, terrible training camp. There's just no other way to say it. I hate to see it because I like them. I've always liked John Harbaugh, and and it's a good team. And I enjoy watching them play. I enjoy watching Lamar play. I'd like to see... A, a slightly different, a slightly evolved iteration of that team. And we'll see if they're able to do it one way or another. Okay, a few things I need to get in here. I told you there were four players whose performance in the preseason I think really mattered. I gave you three of them already. Mitchell Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Love. The fourth is Cam. Cam Newton, I think, is playing for his NFL future. The Patriots used a first-round pick on Mac Jones. Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots week one of 2022 for certain. For certain. So Cam Newton is auditioning, short of like winning the Super Bowl or something like that, is auditioning to have a second act as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And how long he gets to keep this job, the answer could be not at all. I don't think it's inconceivable that Jones has that job week one. But what I do think is that I think Cam needs to play in order for someone to consider him a starting quarterback next year. Think about it. It's a Heisman Trophy winner who was the first pick in the draft and was a league MVP not that long ago. And at the age of 32, I think he's playing for his NFL life. So that's the fourth of uh, the four players that I said whose performance right now I think is really meaningful. Those are four players to watch, be they in the preseason games or to be paying close attention to how things are going for them in their respective camps. You know, some things have been low on our to-do list. 
But life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light with Greeny. I'm giving Hembo the green light because there is a situation you were telling me about that I think is interesting, and I know Buster is doing a deep dive into this, and it involves the contract of Shohei Otani. Yes, but uh, Greeny, Shohei Otani is in line to play next season, that's 2022, under the terms of his original deal that he signed with the Angels before becoming eligible for arbitration and then free agency in the fall of 2023. At that point, he will be 29 years old when he hits the open market, and there are whispers around the game that he could approach, if not even exceed, $50 million per year if you're considering that he's going to be able to contribute on both sides of the ball. $50 million a year. So the Angels have him locked up through the 2023 season. The problem, and the the reason this is such a topic of conversation this early, is because of the other contributions that they're making to their payroll. Mike Trout is owed nine years and $319 million through the year 2030, and their third baseman, who's hurt right now, Anthony Rendon, is owed $188 million over the next five years. So if you're just to throw out that number $50 million for Shohei Otani and add those to the previous two, you're talking about playing three players $120 million, which is just totally Per season. I mean, per be clear. season. Yes, $120 million in a season wrapped up in those guys. So the question is, do they let Otani go, which seems as though it would be crazy, although I will ask you, and... and Granted, you know more about baseball than anyone I know and and the analytics and all of it, but I know you can't answer this question. But is it realistic to think he can continue to be a dominant pitcher and a dominant hitter for eight years? Like at some point, there has to be a shelf life on an ability to do that, right? Right. But what makes him so valuable is that if one goes, theoretically, he has the other. So paying him is not as risky a proposition as other players. Which one goes first? Probably the pitching. Right. The pitching probably goes first. And, and, and to be an everyday player in the lineup is a more valuable thing. But in, in answering that question, what he's doing now is completely unfathomable. So the idea that we should be using any previous baselines we have is silly because there are no there is no context whatsoever for I get it he's doing. a mutant for those who don't have <laughs> yeah. a, a real sense of just how ridiculous yeah. it is what 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 give me just a give me the, the 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 top line on what he's doing as a pitcher and at the plate he is as a hitter leading the league in home runs extra base hits and slugging percentage while being among the league's best strikeout pitchers he is essentially Max Scherzer if he hit like Bryce Harper, he's both players. He's those two combined. At the same he's time. They, he is them in one. He's them in one. So that raises then, I told you, that we might be talking about the biggest trade since Babe Ruth. Does it raise the seemingly impossible possibility that the Angels consider trading Mike Trout? I think the answer to that question is yes, or at least should be yes. It sounds like blasphemy. Blasphemy, because we're talking about Willie Mays. You don't trade Willie Mays. We're talking about... Mickey Mantle. You don't trade Mickey Mantle. But the Angels are in a position right now where they don't have enough good players. And they have Mike Trout on a contract through the year 2030. And you can replenish your whole system by trading him for those players. And then you lose all that salary, which is going to right now be very inhibitive, in re-signing Shohei Otani, who is younger and, like you said, a mutant. He's the most popular baseball player in the world. You can't let him walk out of your building. 
You can't let Otani go. You cannot. No matter what. You cannot. Right now, it feels like you can't let Otani go. And the other learn is what the Angels just experienced with Albert Pujols for the last 10 years. If you're going to pay a player $35 million through his 30s, you're going to pay for it. There's just no way around it. You already got like 70 war, a ton of value out of Mike Trout in his 20s. He just turned 30 over the weekend. You're, you've, you've had to pay him much less than his next employer will should you choose to trade him. You can replenish your whole system and make your organization much better by trading him and then building around Otani. That's so interesting what do you to think? me. I'm fascinated by it. I don't know. I mean, I, look, my inclination is to say you don't get better by trading great players. But the reality is if your objective is to win the World Series, you haven't come even remotely close with Mike Trout. I mean, how many playoffs has, games has he played in? Three. They've won none. And they've won none. None. And he's been there how, eight seasons now. How many seasons has he been in the bigs? This is his tenth. This is his eleventh season. Eleventh. He's been there. Yeah, he's been there. He, he's. This is his eleventh season in the big leagues, and they've not won a playoff game. So, what are you really losing? Like the old adage, like we could finish last without you, kid. You know. And and again, I'm not blaming this on Trout. Trout is unbelievable, and he is who he is. He, he is the person that he is. He's not interested in being the face of the sport. He's not mm-hmm. interested in carrying the sport in ways that someone like Otani, through the force of his uh, uniqueness and his, and, and his seemingly very gregarious personality, um, seems, I think, a little bit more able to and willing to do. Mm-hmm. So if it's one or the other, you keep Otani. But are we living in a world where at some point the Angels might trade Mike Trout and would that be the biggest baseball trade that we've seen since Babe Ruth? It would have to be in the conversation. All right, we'll continue that conversation as we go. But next up, the great Howie Long will join me live right after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. Look, 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Howie Long, next, ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Greeny, the podcast. I'm Greeny, and as always, we come to you live from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. In a week, as we sort of shift into football mode in a lot of different ways, we have a lot of legends joining us this week. Chris Collinsworth will be along this week. Dan Deardorff is coming up this week. We had Steve Young in this spot yesterday, and right now it is my delight to welcome to the program on the Goodyear Hotline, the one, the only, the Hall of Famer, Howie Long, who you have seen for years and years doing an outstanding job with the analysis on Fox and, again, has a good couple of minutes for us here. Good morning, Howie Long. Good morning. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm, I've been great, and it's a pleasure to hear your voice, and it's just great to get all the football guys sort of rolling here as it, as it feels like we're really heading head I on. know. It's, <laughs> right? it's, it's kind of like migration. It's that time of the year. Do you still feel it? Like, I hear football players sometimes say, you know, when training camp starts, you start getting a little bit of an itch. Like, you've been out of it a long time. Do you still feel it? And if not, how long did it take you to sort of stop feeling like a player? You know, it was interesting. You know, Michael Strahan and I sat there and talked about this. Um, you know, on the, we were at the, matter of fact, we were on the set at the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, doing the broadcast for the Hall of Fame game. And... I said initially there were, you know, because Michael's starting to kind of, I don't know what what the window is or, you know, what year you have to get to before you you stop kind of thinking in terms of training camp. But I do, you know, when you when you play as long as we did and, you know, the injuries and the, the ups and the downs and, you know, the pressure and, you know, you hear it in some of the speeches. You know, Jimmy talking about, you know, his family and Jimmy Johnson talking mm-hmm. about his family and how he, you know, he was so hell bent on being successful as a coach. You just pour yourself into it. And, you know, you're there as a player, but you're not really there because you're just so consumed by what you're doing. And I think by the time I, you know, decided to stop, I was ready to stop. You know, I'd been a surgery eight, I think, by that point and uh, felt like it was a, a good time. And But here's where it gets you. <clears throat> it doesn't get you in August because nobody likes training camp. Hmm. Um, you know, some people, I guess, do, but who they are, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it's the big game. You know, you, you, when you're at a big game, whether it's the NFC Championship game, uh, a Super Bowl or playoffs and or end of the season, you know, when, when everything's on the line. And those are the games that really, you, you kind of, and less and less as time goes on, I'm 61 now. Um, Michael probably still thinks he could play some downs on third down, and that will pass. <laughs> I'm walking by Dan Marino, and Dan says to me, I, I can still throw it. I can still, I, I said, Dan, I haven't met a quarterback who doesn't think he can still throw it. <laughs> You know, please. I mean, but linemen don't feel that way because it's bang, 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 bang. You know, Dan's just three-step drop, five-step drop, ball's gone. So he's in his mind, he's still he's still capable of playing. Sixty-one years old. That that's stunning to me. We should all look like you at forty-one, much less sixty-one. The the good the the, the struggle for Strahan is he doesn't have anything else to turn to. You know, like he's ha- having finished his career, he doesn't have enough going on in his life. That's his only problem. I swear, you know, he's on sometimes, and I, and I told him the the Good Morning America thing is fabulous, and he's great on it, and uh, he's a star. And you know, my wife watched it every morning, and you know, 
I told them, I just told them this the other day. I said, you know, it's kind of white noise for me in the morning. I just kind of walk around and then all of a sudden you're selling bras on TV. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and he knows he's praying that I'm actually not watching. <laughs> it is. It is a little different existence than the one that you guys have out there. In yes. LA. Uh, the great Howie Long with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. OK, let's talk about some football. Let's talk about a bunch of rookie quarterbacks. So take me through the decision making process here. We got some interesting ones. We got the one in Chicago, Justin Fields. How quickly is he going to play? We got the one in San Francisco. Really interesting team, thinking championship thoughts. Do you go with the veteran? Do you go with the rookie? We got the kids in Jacksonville and New York Jets who are being handed the starting jobs right out the gate. Give me your thoughts on, on the rookie quarterbacks this year and what you're excited to see. Um, the guy that probably intrigues me the most, uh, you know, and you have to realize the game has changed. Mm-hmm. And the game has become more mobile. It's become, you know, a, a, an extend play kind of offense where you're forced to be in coverage for four, five, six seconds. Uh, I think the guy in San Francisco, to me, I like his size. I like his athleticism. I like his arm. Uh, I, I like his personality. I like his just his whole kind of presence. <clears throat> and I'm a big fan of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I think, you know, that offense, which is run in a number of places, but, you know, it's that play action. Most things are off of the run game. You drop back, you, you've got free runners in the secondary. And if you, you look at a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo's throws, when he was healthy in San Francisco, and now, you know, hopefully he is healthy and he's going to get his opportunity, and whether it's there or somewhere else. Uh, and that that part of the kind of the game that John Lynch has to play is, you know, we love Jimmy. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy's great, but we've got this guy from North Dakota State, and he's uh, he's everything we thought he was and more, and <clears throat> he adds a dynamic to our offense. And you saw a little bit of it when Jared Goff went down and the backup comes in and, and it's, you know, suddenly the element of the game that he brought to the Rams was the movement, the ability to pull it down and pick up 10, 12 yards and a first down and extend drives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, that's what I think people are looking for now. That's where the game is. We're in sub-packages almost 70% of the time where you're in four wide receivers and you're in nickel or dime and in the secondary with five, six DBs. And that, that big linebacker comes out of the game. That's there's, you know, you can see the ice forming on his shoulders uh, where the game has changed so much and it's become a sideline to sideline game. You're challenging every aspect of the field, sideline to sideline and vertically. And the protection that, the play action pass allows you gives these young kids an opportunity to make throws to free runners in the secondary. And if you look at Jimmy's throws, a lot of them were wide open with, you know, Kittles, you know, on a, on a post route uh, or, or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's a, the game has changed. And I think we're seeing that in the quarterbacks that are being selected. Now, <clears throat> how fast the kid in New York adapts mm-hmm. and how thick his skin is when you're talking about playing for the jets that's 
that's a lot to ask of a young guy, particularly a guy who comes from a, a smaller part of the country. Uh, you're talking about a kid from Utah, and mm-hmm. now you're in New York, and every day it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> you're in as much peril in the media room as you are on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a lot to take as a young guy. Now the kid in San Francisco can develop, uh, and I and I like that about that situation. Chicago, they're in a rush. <clears throat> you know, they they bring in a guy and you know uh, as a free agent, and you know the, that Andy that Dalton, situation. Yeah. I think it's just not a question of if; mm-hmm. it's just a question of when. And you could probably ask that question about a lot of these teams. Greeny and Howie Long with us with outstanding insight into a variety of different situations. I want, I want to ask you about your old team, the Raiders. You know, we, my, my main man Hembo here and I were sitting here just sort of going over their roster and some of the moves they've made. They traded away these big stars in Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, and they got back all of this draft capital. It really should have been an opportunity to build that team into something special, maybe the way we've seen them do in Cleveland or some other places. It doesn't feel, at least from the outside, like it's going that way. I, I wonder what your feeling is of, of the level of pressure that exists on John now, John Gruden, in, in what is now going to be his fifth season there as the coach of the Raiders. <clears throat> Hard to believe it's been five years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think a lot has gone on there, obviously. You're talking about moving a team, and, you know, we went through it in 82, and, you know, <clears throat> watching Tom Flores go in the Hall of Fame, and, you know, you, you start to kind of reflect on you know, what you had to go through as a team that did something like that. And they had won the Super Bowl in 1980 with Tom. Rookie year, the team was still kind of partying, and some guys didn't show and some guys did. And, you know, the 81 was a lost year. <clears throat> 82 was a strike-shortened year. We were we had moved to – we had essentially stayed in Oakland as a team, but were playing in L.A., mm. So every game was a road game. And that transition of going from one city to another city and then COVID hits, you can kind of say last year, okay, we've got that. But this year, to me, one, they've, they've kind of changed the whole dynamic in the offensive line. How that turns out, that's key. Because I think the run game is, is key. And, I love the running back. Uh, <clears throat> I think he's special. But they needed to get somebody else in, and they did, and, and that takes some of the pressure off of him. I think the young players uh, that you're talking about have been drafted both defensively and, and on offense. It's time to step up and shine. And, I, and I, I'm sure they, they've, that point has been made very clearly to them. And this is this is a really, really big year for the team. It's a big year for John Gruden. It's a big year for Mike Mayock. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they know that. And forgive me, I misspoke. It's his fourth year there, but the, the rest of the points remain the same. Fourth, not the fifth season there. Greeny and Howie Long. One more thing. I, I, I'd like to do a little thing here where I just ask legendary players like yourself to just tell us a story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. And, and so, again, you, you, you were on a Super Bowl championship 
team yeah. there. We all remember that. The the LA Raiders <clears throat> then and you just waxed Washington in that in that Super Bowl. And just tell me a story. When 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 your great grandchildren someday say to you, what 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 was it like playing in and winning the Super Bowl? What what is the story that comes to your mind that you will tell? Well, you know how Super Bowls are now. I mean and and part of that unfortunately was nine eleven, you know, with security and they shut a city down and there's, you know, concrete borders two blocks away from the stadium and nothing gets in and nothing gets out and a team goes on the bus and, you know, there's police up on the roofs of the buildings and, you know, they're lining the streets and there's escorts and the whole thing. In 1982, and we started this, um, Lyle and I would take a cab to every game. We'd go to pregame meal, we'd have our bag with us, and pregame meal, once they did the roll call of the, for whatever reason, we always finished our pregame meal with the roll call of special teams because, you know, if you had a mix of starters and backups and, you know, the L2, if the L2 goes down on the kickoff team, who's the backup and, you know, which made sense. And and so we'd get in a cab and we'd uh, drive to the stadium. So, 82 that year that we were up there in Oakland, I'm living in a, I'm living in a hotel room with Lyle Alzado for four months. Mm. Try to envision that. No, the I Oakland can't. Airport Hill. <laughs> I can't, I okay, can't. I'm, I'm 22 years old. Yeah. It, it's, Lyle would get chocolate cake every night at 9.30, <laughs> and he'd shut the TV off and the lights off and didn't even ask if I was going to sleep. Mm. And Marcus Allen was across the hall in, in the room across the hall with a, I, I lived with another guy and <clears throat> I didn't have getting a cot and going over there and hanging out. But Lyle grabbed me and said, Hey, we're going to live together. <clears throat> so now we take the bus every game, every morning, right after pregame meal. Mm-hmm. First time we get down to LA, we get in the cab. The cab takes us to Dodger stadium <laughs> and Lyle is, the, the meter is on red. The RPMs are on red. He's wired for sound at this point. Lyle's ready to play at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we get through that. We get through the season. Now we fast forward to 83. We play Washington up in Washington. We lose in a shootout. We had a few players that were injured. Um, I had a number of sacks, but it was just, you know, it was a terrible game. So fast forward to the Super Bowl, it's a rematch of the earlier game up in Washington. And we had lost on a second and seven screen backed up in their own area to Joe Washington. And then what ends up happening in the game is we sub Matt Millen out, who's 260 pounds. We put Jack Squirek in, he spies Joe Washington. We run a jet rip blue slash and Joe floats a ball and it's funny because Joe was riding to the Hall of Fame ceremony with us this weekend with Marcus and me. Yeah. And he was still just pelting still us mad. about, you know, that yeah, game. He is. Squire <clears throat> so, I just have a minute. Go ahead. Okay, so Lyle and I get up in the morning of the game. We go to pregame meal. And we're going to take a cab to the game. Mm. So we get in a cab. We're driving to the stadium. And then you see all the roadblocks and everything else. We get stuck three-quarters of a mile from the stadium. <laughs> now Lyle's furious. He's ready to fight someone. He's ready to beat the cab driver up, whatever. <laughs> we walk three-quarters of a mile, Greeny, to the stadium with our bags, through the crowd, 
in the parking lot I'm to get to the stadium, Saturday. Super Bowl 18. That is unbelievable. Oh, my, I could do this forever. Howie, what a pleasure. What, what a great, the great Lyle Alzado, uh, rest in peace. What a great yeah. story that is. Thank you, my friend. I, I have to run the show's over. We appreciate it. It's Anytime, always a partner. pleasure. Be well. All right. Take care. That's the great Howie Long with us here. Uh, I, literally, I'm, I, it breaks my heart that the show is over in 20 seconds because I could have gotten five more stories like that. I love it. Like the old-time players, they just have stories that you wouldn't believe. Like they walked three-quarters of a mile from a stopped cab through the crowd to get to the Super Bowl. The great Howie Long, and obviously he's been phenomenal on Fox all these years. And All right, that was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I, I believe tomorrow Chris Collinsworth... Dan Deerdorf and a whole lot more. We're gearing up for football. We'll see you then. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.